Hi everyone, welcome back. Uh, Liv and I are here to discuss yet another movie. Um, it is it is back to our back to our grind, back to where we are at. Um, back to our grind house. Back to. <laughs> I'm always on my grind house. Um, <laughs> I pledge allegiance to the grind house. I'm up hell early trying to get some exploitation cinema. Um, <laughs> Although this week we're not covering anything close to that, so um, no, I, I feel like this is this is this week's this week's entry is as far from the other ones in terms of like polish um, as as we've come. Like this is not a if it's a cult classic, it's because it did not hit at the time it uh, mm. came out, not because mm-hmm. it didn't get enough money. Because um, we're talking about uh, Keanu Reeves' uh, opus uh, Johnny Mnemonic. Um, the one, the one that makes everyone say he's so good in cyberpunk movies about, uh, dystopian futures, I think. Yeah. Where he wants to get online really, really bad. (laughs) I need a computer. (laughs) And someone says it's Jesus time, which I think is uh, exciting. I, yeah. Like, well, this movie, how, how was it so misread at the time? Because like, honestly, how does it have mixed reviews? Because this is maybe the greatest movie of all time. <laughs> I feel like so. Like I, I'm, I'm sure you'll you, you've read this. You're you're always more well informed than I am. So I'm sure you are up on it. But um, I was reading the the Wikipedia on it, and it, it really feels like Long uh, Robert Longo, the uh, the, the the director, um, got a raw deal with the cut. Mm-hmm. Um, feels like feels like Hollywood kind of. Uh, stole this one away from him. And I feel like I can, I can kind of feel it in the end of the movie because I was thinking about it again today before we recorded it. And I was thinking, you know, there's a lot at the beginning of the movie that is like super impactful. And that last like action sequence, as cool as some of it is, it also just kind of feels like, yeah, okay. Like that's just how the movie ends. It doesn't, it doesn't feel as like, I don't know. It doesn't feel as loved as the rest of the film. And I, I think that's maybe one of the moments where it's like, okay, we have to just make this a generic action film. Um, I mean, the ending was good enough for uh, Fight Club to rip it off. So, <laughs> I mean, I really liked the ending and I liked the um, – I didn't even think about the Fight Club. <laughs> <laughs> it's like literally the same shot. Well, yeah, I know it's it's uh it's important, um, but I mean, like some of the stuff, like uh, I, I don't know, like the way they they framed the fights. I feel like there were, you know, f- knowing that he had to add the beat uh, beat Takeshi character um, and the Dolph Lundgren character. It's like okay, I like those characters, but if you didn't add them, this would be a lot tighter and like a lot more fun to watch. Um, but then again, I mean, the Street Preacher is really cool. I don't know. It's a weird it's a weird film that way. It's hard to figure out how. I think that's why people are so obsessed with finding a director's cut of it that you know, doesn't exist. Yeah, so there's there is like a secondary cut that was like for a Japanese release. It's just a little bit longer. It just has like a little bit more of the the Japanese characters in it, apparently. But it's not a director's cut, and I don't think he had any role in that. But mm-hmm. yeah, it was. It seemed like it got started on the right foot, and then like over time. Um, I was reading an interview with uh, Robert Longo that he was saying, like, one of the, like, whoever published this movie, I don't really remember who who the distributor was, but they, like, 
their summer blockbuster they were betting on like fell through um and so then they tried to turn this movie into the summer (laughs) blockbuster (laughs) and so originally he had like david cronenberg's like editor um working on it with him and then they switched to someone else like halfway through and like he wasn't really happy with like how that guy, you know, edited it. He wasn't happy with the DP and he was like, you know, cause it had to be a Canadian DP and they didn't really have a whole lot of talent for us to yeah, choose from. I saw that where it's just like, well, we worked in Canada so we get government grants, but we need to hire Canadians. It's like, yeah, that's rough. <laughs> Tough um, sledding. But there is, and I watched this one, like two days after watching like I watched Johnny Mnemonic on like Friday on Sunday I was like I need to watch the the black and white release so like a couple of years ago um the a black and white release was going around on like I think a festival circuit um for like the 25th anniversary of the movie um and it's just recently made its streaming release on Criterion Channel. Ah, so okay. I watched that on Sunday. But the originally, like, it was just Robert Longo just wanted to release this, like, just black and white version of it. I saw just, that you ripped a Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Just, like, just wanted mad. to just, like, be mad and, like, just make it black and white without any kind of, like, care or anything um, to, to take off, like, the flashiness of it and just, like, cheapen he it. He went beast mode. Yeah, he yeah. went beast mode on it, um, but then ended up like actually getting access to the the real. Uh, <laughs> Didn't film. he show like a friend, and the friend was like, "This is really good, Robert. Like, you should contact yeah. the studio and do it right." Yeah, you could you could actually make this a uh, good instead. So, um, <laughs> like, ended up it looks you know gorgeous. The grading is is really really nice on the release, and um, the idea, I guess. It, it does look gorgeous. Like it looks like uh, like a razor head or something. Like it's okay. just very like moody and um, you know there's like the the rolling fog and smoke in every scene and it's it's really leans into like kind of like the noir aspects of like this like intro to the film that kind of you lose <laughs> throughout the movie. Totally. Um, yeah. But yeah, the the black and white. Really, I, I think I would still recommend like watching the color version first. But um, even like the the long sequences of of um, you know the animated sequences look really good in black and white. I yeah, I think I th- that makes a lot of sense because like the the animated sequences are hurt. I think by the the color, like at the end of the the movie where we're where it's talking where it's like. Um, Johnny like really hacking into his own brain like those don't feel those feel dated because they like have color and it looks like an N64 or something like that um but like I I feel like it would have had to be edited to his taste for the color to really work because like the vibrancy of the hotel scene for instance I think really Mm -hmm. is cool color wise uh like that first bit but then I think once you get into the city it's very samey because like you can kind of feel a little bit of the direction uh, begin to meander because it's like a, because it's getting like the blockbuster treatment as opposed to like, you know, the being able to kind of, I I don't know, like go at its own pace and tell its own story. Um, I I did like his, his comment when uh, he and William Gibson were talking about getting funding. And I, I don't know where this quote is from, but Longo said like, 
Yeah, it was like the reason we had to make a twenty like a twenty seven million dollar movie is because we couldn't find anyone to give us one million dollars for this movie. Mm. Um and like it is it is I mean the movie's great. Um and it it's it it's such a strange film because it really is great against sort of the intentions of the people who released it. <laughs> yeah. Um I Again, like, I don't know how how it ended up in the boat that it did, where it's like, did you read the script? Like, why did you think this was going to be the the movie that was like the summer blockbuster that people were lining up for? Because, like, what are really the predecessors for this? Like, as far as, um, you know, like a cyber cyberpunk movie that's like, I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I'm not sure there are. I mean, I guess Blade Runner. Like, do you think it's gonna? They, yeah, they think it's gonna yeah, be Blade yeah. Runner, maybe. Like, that's probably what they thought. But the only reason you'd think that is because you saw William Gibson's name. Like, it, it truly, or not William Gibson's name that you saw. Um, like you saw science fiction because obviously, like P.K. Dick and William Gibson are very different, and the plots of these movies have nothing to do with each other. Like, yeah, um, like the there's like you know questions about humanity and and. Technology and androids and, you know, like, ship of Theseus questions and stuff like that with the Dolph Lundgren character. But, like, I think, you know, those questions are in a lot of sci-fi and especially sci-fi about the future. Um, and outside of that, I mean, I think you have to kind of not care about the script at all to think, like, okay, well, this will be a blockbuster in the same way. Uh, I, and, like, like Blade Runner, it's like this movie is set in 2021. Um, and it but... all happened the way that we wanted it to. But I do feel like, you know, this movie gets a, a lot of things right, um, more things right than a, a lot of a lot of other. Uh, well, it nailed the pandemic part. Yeah. I'm, uh, very impressive. Um, rough yeah, they, to name the they pandemic. Warned it. <laughs> they, they, they warned us. Yeah, we were warned. Um, and none of us listened because uh, we, we didn't want to hear what um, what Robert Longo was telling to us and William Gibson. Rough to name the the virus after uh, Nasty Nas himself, the uh, the MC, but uh, you know it happens. It's like... I thought it was like named after like neonatal abstinence syndrome, <laughs> but that that wasn't the name then. They just called it. Um, Did they call it fa- that fetal like? alcohol? Yeah, syndrome. I was gonna say, is that what they called fast then? Yeah, that yeah, that they called that fast. Yeah, um, no, it's named after the rapper Nas. Um, <laughs> little known fact. Uh, <laughs> No, it's not. It's it's uh it's it's the black shakes. It's like a neuron something disease, uh, attenuation disease, maybe. Yeah, nerve attenuation uh, yeah. syndrome or it, something. It doesn't sound nice. It sounds pretty rough the way they describe it, um, and it is incurable. Although, as we find out, there is definitely a cure uh, <laughs> that the uh, pharmaceutical companies don't want to release for profit's sake. Um, which is a dark, a dark conclusion, but very, very, a very William Gibson conclusion, and I think a very uh, accurate conclusion about uh, sure. these like people in a bidding war over, um, you know, the cure. But you know, yeah, uh, having like this like widespread fatal disease that's caused basically by doom scrolling IRL um, <laughs> about these just people just like overstimulated. Um, by all of the technology that's around them and like how i don't understand how you come up with that before you really have very stimulating uh (laughs) technology everywhere to know yeah 
The, yeah, I think like to me, to me, the 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 impetus of it, like I, I I take a lot from the Henry Rollins character, who I think is maybe my favorite played character in this. I think Henry Rollins plays this to the hilt and does a great job as Spider. Yeah, um, I didn't realize he was in this. So whenever I saw him, I was like, "Wow, that looks a lot like Henry Rollins." <laughs> you just see the Misfits statue. They're like, "Are they are they making this guy up to be Henry Rollins? That's so cool." <laughs> start singing a black flag song you're like wow they're into this um no i didn't realize he was in it either i actually looked it up i was like is that henry, is that glasses guy henry Rollins? it wasn't the same after spider died and they replaced him with mike Vallely, but you know <laughs> <laughs> i also i also liked udo kier's uh I, I mean he dies so early i think you it's, it's almost fair to call it a cameo but he he Udo cured it up in a in a lovely way. It was excellent, um, but uh, it, yeah, like uh, Henry Rollins has like a, when when uh, Keanu Reeves's Johnny asks him like, "Oh, what is what is caught like what what causes this?" He says like, "Well, it's not implants like they say. That's a rumor." And he's like, uh, "What causes it is all this stuff, like all this technology around us." And what I got from that, like, and and part of it's just like having like read a number of William Gibson novels when I was like really into, you know, the cyberpunk thing. Um, I mean, I like him as an author too. He's not a very good tweeter, but like as an author, he's very good. <laughs> uh, but uh, he, uh, even, even in his more recent stuff, a lot of like, a lot of his, his concern is like, well, what if, what if we use this stuff so much that we could become addicted to it and then it hurts us. Um, and I think that's like, from like an '80s and '90s perspective, it really is a matter of like, well, would you give up your hi-fi if it meant that you could not get a disease? Um, but I think it's so much more salient thinking about like, would you give up this constant flow of information? Um, it almost like it almost feels like a movie that uh, speaks to our time more than it spoke to 1995. Oh yeah, for sure. Like it also seems to be more like about like, yeah, it's not this individual implant. That's the issue. It's not like your, um, you know, individual response to living in this world. It's actually like the, the system wide, um, you know, it's more systematic issue of like how the world is created rather than like, uh, individual actions. And I think, you know, speaking to, uh, the gig economy and like you see like Keanu's like Johnny like overloading himself just to like try to try to get a job and like yeah. just uh, you know I uh, mean the only people immune to that like level of just like constant hustling because um, Jane does the same thing with her implants is constantly pushing herself way too hard to get bodyguarding gigs the only people who don't have to do that are the people who are already wealthy like Gudo Kier's character um who just you know, it, he's fine. He's like, okay, yeah, I can, I can, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm so rich. I'll just, uh, I'll rip off Keanu Reeves and see how that goes. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll sentence him to, to a death because it's no big deal to me. Um, but everyone else is like, you know, any, it, it, you sort of see it in the way, uh, you know, the, the people in the beginning of the movie who have stolen the, the code from Pharmacom, the, the cure. Uh, ask Keanu Reeves, they're like, well, how big is your is your um, storage? And we know from seeing him on the elevator that's 160 gigs. And he's like, it's big enough. And they're like, it's like 325 gigs. And he's like, it's fine. And uh, it, it's just like it's such a it's such a good moment because you see the 
see the calculus in his mind and it's such a like an understandable calculus where you're like yeah i've been there like you're just like can you do this like in two days and you're like not really but yeah we i'm can. gonna have to like what yeah. you know what, what's the option now whenever i'm in a room uh with guys pointing guns at me yeah okay fine yeah exactly um no i and i also thought like the the way that the technology kind of um works in this movie like particularly in terms of how they explain um you know the 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 encryption in the memory uh implant and stuff like that i think like it works in the way that the best william gibson stuff were it's clear that he helped on the movie because like the 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 explanations are almost non-existent like they're just they're they're so ephemeral um and high tech but like ultimately they don't matter it's just you have to have a code um, so that you have like a conflict in the story and that idea of just like picking three random images on TV and then faxing it is like so such like a, an appealing mix of like old and new and uh, you know like everything is a is a it's an extremely artifacted JPEG in the internet and it's like such a cool uh, it's it's why there's like that aesthetic online with like a lot of the the nostalgic or even the sort of like regressive uh, folks where it's like you know, what if the internet looked like it did in 1995 when we could only upload, like, you know, 16 pixel things? Yeah, I felt like that was very um, future thinking to somehow, like, already be imagining the past nostalgia of the current time. Like, this, like, anime that's on the screen just looks so, like, cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, we we want that, we want that to be the aesthetic... Uh, the imagine aesthetic like looking back but um yeah no they imagine it for us <laughs> that's exactly right yeah it's it's not yeah it's not uh it's not really what happened in 2021 it's simply uh you know a, a very a very true to the and well, it's, it's why cyberpunk is so appealing to people because like it seems so cool when you look at it it just feels really great um, and I feel like, especially when like he breaks into the the hotel on the internet, like when he needs to get on the computer, uh, and uh, he tells his friend Jane, like, yeah, I gotta get on the computer. His friend is bodyguard. He's like, I gotta get on a computer. I gotta get online. Um, and we've all been there. Yeah. Uh, but he uh, he gets online and he immediately goes to like he, he like grabs a globe and pulls it to him, and then like there's like an actual door that he opens with his VR hands, and it's it's so great. It's like this. <laughs> Why didn't we get this? Why didn't why didn't we get this unusable mess? This feels so much better. Yeah, why didn't we get you have video calls, but for some reason the numbers that you use to call the people are still taking up most of the page. Yeah, exactly. I can I can talk to to anyone I want to in any uh, any cab on a video screen, but also the video screen is very small and uh, and the person on this side looks like it's a CD-ROM. Um I like that little, I like that. That makes me happy. That makes me feel comfortable. Um, but unfortunately not, not what we got in the real world. Um, I think that Keanu in this, um, John, the character of Johnny is like maybe the most likable, like cyberpunk protagonist I've ever, you know, the most empathetic, just like how, um, how much he is just trying to survive in the world and not be valiant, not be cool, not be gritty. He just like the, the whole speech where he's like on top of the mound and he's just like, I just want fucking room service. Like <laughs> <It's> so good. <laughs> yeah. And like, that's also a reference to like, um, Longo's other art film, apparently, which I like, I thought mm. was really neat. Like, 
I, there's there's something there's something kind of cool about about like a and again like very I, I don't mean to keep going back to this well but like it's it's really cool that it, it it's like an honest representation of the genre too where like you you get this protagonist that at you know his ultimate goal like in his heart of hearts the goal is I want to be rich like I want to. I want to like make a lot of money and buy a lot of things and consume and be wealthy. And like, obviously, you know, the, the moral of the story isn't that like that, mm-hmm. but the protagonist doesn't have to be that to, to, to have it be the moral of the story. Obviously it's a growth arc or whatever, but like, it's cool to see like, even, even as he's sort of realizing the stakes of what he's involved in, he's just like, can't I go back to that really comfortable first scene? I had such a nice bed. Uh, like I, I was able to watch my cartoons and I had like, (laughs) you know, wine and sex and food and it was great. And like, and you know, it's, it reminds you, have you read, um, have you read, uh, Neuromancer? No. Okay. That you'd really like it. Um, because the, the, um, the protagonist in that uh, case is also a lot like Johnny in this. He's a little more feckless, but like very much a guy who's just like how like I just need not to be involved in this giant problem with uh and I mean it's a giant sort of like roaming AI in um in Neuromancer, but like it I, I feel like Gibson has a knack for writing these kinds of characters. And I, I really liked I, I know that he was panned for it and I can understand why, but like knowing that it was a choice to be robotic and and stiff and like play Johnny like a guy who's just trying to do his job and knowing sort of, I guess, where Keanu goes in the future, I, I thought it was a fun performance. Oh, yeah. It's so funny. Like, the, I was just laughing out loud at some of the deliveries. And there's a lot of scenes that are just funny, like, and very, like, slapstick. Like, whenever you, like, see these guys on top of a bridge and they're like, what if we dropped a bug on them? And you're like, what are you talking <laughs> about? And, and like, it, I think it's, like, very misleading that, like, bug, I think, in this, like, sounds like something, uh, I don't know, like, some sort of disease or some sort of, like, chemical weapon. But, like, they just drop, like, a Volkswagen Beetle on on uh, Johnny and um, <laughs> Jane. Also, the uh, fact that they're named Johnny and Jane is very yeah. funny to me. I Yeah, I liked that a lot because the other guy was like, don't do that. That's really bad. That's Spider. We like him. And they're just like, no, just like drop it on him. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, they're like funny. frog detective characters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they are. They have the same moral code as frog detective characters. Um, yeah, nothing. Nothing is ever. Uh, nothing is ever like serious it's always whatever impulse uh, crosses your mind actually those two guys who who do guard duty and and meet in unsavory end are some of my favorite characters i like how the one guy is just talking about his romantic life for uh, ostensibly <laughs> hours at a time <laughs> but i mean it's very realistic in that mm-hmm. in that way like Johnny's just trying to do some self-care. He's like, I'm so tired. Like, there are screens everywhere. I'm tired of looking at this. Like, let me just, like, relax. And, like, I just don't want to have to be part of any of this. Like, they're all just, like, living, I guess, how we would probably live under uh, under these circumstances. Yeah. And I think, like, what I like about the way that it's split up is the way that Longo represents the two. And, I, I mean, this is this is absolutely to his credit. Like, represents the city versus the the kind of outskirts um 
I liked it a lot because, like, the outskirts aren't, um, there's nothing particularly, like, um, luxurious or, or, or desirable about it, right? Like, you know, morally or sort of, like, from a, from a, a sympathetic perspective, you're like, well, of course, like, the people trying to help and give free medical care and, like, organize people against this corrupt society are the protagonists of the movie. Like, you sympathize with them. But there's nothing, like, particularly cool about that area. It is, like, neat and, like, fun to look at and engaging. But nothing, it's not like, ooh, I wish I was living there. Um, and similarly, the city doesn't feel like a place you'd want to live to. It feels like, I don't know, like, it feels very... Um, Just, like, grungy still. Yeah, yeah. And, like, anytime you're in a you're in a place, right, like, there's... I thought about it with the Yakuza boss's office. It feels like aggressively artificial. Like the boulders and the nature in there feel very plasticine. It's like it's it's cool. Like it, it neither place feels good. And I think that's like that's a real quality of the movie that like you're you know that you'd fit into one of those groups and neither would be particularly um fulfilling. Really, the only like mixing of those worlds is like the club scene that you get at the beginning, where there's like this like opera singer that's almost like you know like Fifth Element opera singer, um, lots and lots of cool fashion. Um, that opera there. like hard heavy metal like industrial song was yeah. so good. I was like, why isn't this a genre yet? So it absolutely rules. I think that's Nightwish. <laughs> okay, you're right. You're right. I have to revisit Nightwish. <laughs> Back into my Nightwish era. Uh, <laughs> it was over way too soon when I was 15. Uh, yeah, no, uh, it, it's cool. Like, I, I think it is very Fifth Element. It, I liked also hearing all, the, like, the, the like, harsh industrial in, in this. Like, KMFDM was in it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, all right. Like, now I'm thinking about that really tall, imposing kid I went to high school with who wore uh, KMFDM and MDFMK uh, shirts all the time. <laughs> I'm trying to think of who else was on the soundtrack. Like there, there was like a Henry Rollins band song. I think there um, was. Yeah, there was something. I don't know. There was something else that was like. It was God lives notable. underwater? I, I don't. I didn't recognize that band name though. Um, let's see. Let's see. Well, I'm gonna pull this up. Uh, but speaking of like important fashion choices, um, oh, was yes, the please. anarchy the anarchy symbol uh, tattoo tattoo between the eyebrows, almost like the Charles Manson tattoo? <laughs> like, that was very cool. Ice T is excellent in this movie. I gasped when Ice T like I didn't know who was in this movie, so I was like, oh, that looks like Henry <laughs> Rollins. Okay, that's definitely Ice T. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I learned he was in it when I looked up Henry Rollins. So I was like, no, who? Is that Henry Rollins? I was like, oh, Ice T's in this one. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really know what he was in other than like Law and Order. I haven't I don't followed think his he's acting in a ton career. Of stuff. I mean, I think this is probably, I would bet this was one of his earliest, earliest uh, credits, I would think. Because um, this would be when he was still primarily like in body count. Um, let's see. I mean, he's been in a million things recently. He's even in Borderlands 3. Wow. Um, I know. That's Now you know you made it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so mostly mostly it's just his music videos, um, As Ice Tea, Body Count, Body Count. Uh, okay, I, I, I take it back. He was in Tank Girl before he was in Johnny Mnemonic. See, I've but never then seen he was Tank in Johnny Girl Mnemonic. either. He's... 
Johnny Tank Girl followed by Johnny Mnemonic is is some insane uh, uh, swag for the nineties. Yeah. Unbelievable work. Like, I can't I can't even believe that uh, that move. It's so good. Um, wow. And he's like he's like a top build in it too. Um, looks like we found our next movie. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, he's he's great in it, and like I I think the way they do up his character and the way they kind of like have his motivation early on where like some kids, one of his friends is like, Hey, Hey, Hey Jay, like, can I, can I get the, can I get those binoculars? Can I, he's like, shut up, like be serious. And the kid is killed as a result. And like, oh. he's very <laughs> sympathetic to the kid, but like, he's clearly like a no nonsense guy. It really feels like, okay, this guy, this guy definitely has an acting future. <laughs> like he's actually very good at this. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I guess Keanu is like the only person where it's like, you're like, is this, are you playing the character like this? Or is this just the the limits of your acting skills? It is but, unclear. He's very young at this point. Like, I think, but I, I did like, I, I was on the Wikipedia again and they said, you know, like he, he said acting in that robotic way was apparently exhausting. Like, so I, I think he was trying. Mm-hmm. Um, and it comes out. <laughs> I'm like, glad he was trying. I'm glad he was trying too. He's extremely charismatic. I mean, he's just so fun. Um, he was beat out for the Golden Raspberry in acting, unfortunately, oh, by Paul Shore. Oh well. Who? I mean, he was the Michael Jordan of that. He was just taking in those awards. Um. Yeah, I I don't know. Like, I think. Do you yeah. think that is the primary reason that it like? I mean, it didn't really like flop, but it didn't um, make its money back, though. But I think like even more than money flopping that it Mm. was like not really just received well. A um, lot of people don't like emotionally. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think a lot. I think a lot of people thought Keanu was terrible in it. Um, I think we sort of get a bit of a of a. A nice handicap on that because we know sort of what he's done since then and we kind of like understand the arc of his career <laughs> in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um and I think like I think a lot of the stuff that was added into making it an action movie, like I, I think Gibson compared it to like making Blue Velvet into a thriller as opposed to sort of like a weird, ironic, you know, Lynchian thing. Um and I think that 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 makes a lot of sense because like you think uh, the the funniest the funniest quote was like I guess uh, they <laughs> it was right after Speed came out uh, mm-hmm. and they knew that they were producing this one too so they're like ah oh, we have a hit and this young kid Keanu's in it like this is great are there any buses or explosions in the movie <laughs> he was like what are you talking about he's like yeah, there have to be buses and explosions if we want the Speed audience to get into this <laughs> it's like oh no. Do you think that's why they dropped the bug? Just as I, a, a reference to that? If if so, uh, maybe the most artistic possible way to get that in there. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I like that you see um, kind of like, you know, like I do think that that ending shot is, uh, it's hard to imagine that the, the final shot of Fight Club is not in some way like, at least thinking of of this movie um, of like the you know explosions on the skyline of the couple looking out at it like that just feels you know fairly direct uh, to me. Absolutely, I agree. I think I think the um, the the 
the last scene is really kind of, it's a little bit like, so I, I, I'm colored by the fact that I know, um, you know, uh, uh, um, the, the director was asked to add the, uh, <laughs> the scene where it looks like, uh, the, like Dolph Lundgren's character is coming back to life. Yeah, uh, it's that's funny though. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Yeah, but apparently he was at, he was forced to add it and hated it. <laughs> it does feel like a little bit jarring, where you're like, "Oh, okay. <laughs> get that trash out!" Of here. But um, I do think I do think without that, right? Like, if you took that out, there's something um, really interesting about that last scene because you know the whole movie is played with like a deep sense of irony, not the film itself but like in the way that almost every character in the movie is like deeply cynical um and and living in a bad world like like most cyberpunk is it's like it's cynical at its at its core the the characters are sort of like fighting a constant battle against cynicism and that last moment is like so earnest um like everything's gone right they've gotten the cure out they're watching the pharmacom uh place burn everyone has essentially survived, you know, sans spider. Um, and they're just like, they're relishing their victory. You know, Keanu and Jane get to be together. Um, and it's just like having that there is, is it's something that the audience has to kind of encounter as well, which I think is really interesting. Like, I think that's a, that's a really cool thing to put in front of an audience after a movie that's so, you know, like in its theme, so cynical, um, not in its themes and it's in, in its characters motivations are all mm-hmm. cynical to give you this like deeply earnest moment is, is very challenging. Um, again, broken up by the joke, but I do, I do like it. I think it's, uh, it, it's something that like repelled me at first. And then I kind of had to think about like, well, why am I repulsed by this? Like, why do I have this annoying? It's like, well, cause it's challenging. Yeah. And the set dressing for like that scene of like, you have this, uh, this dolphin, this, <laughs> this, uh, dolphin is so good. <laughs> dolphin with the implants. And like, I, I had tweeted something about like, you know, like, oh, you know, it ended Damien Hurst's whole career or whatever, but apparently it actually is a reference to, to Damien Hurst. It um, is. Oh, that's yeah. Great. Um, that's in the same like interview that I, that I read, but that's um, so funny. I had no idea that was a reference to Hurst. It, I mean, you know, go off, I guess. It's a, I, I don't I, think it's a positive reference. I no. think it just is a reference. <laughs> That's why I said go off. Because um, I think you should always be going off on Damien Hurst. I don't well, think he's very good. Um, well, I don't think he thinks he's very... I think he thinks he's making a lot of money. Well, that's true. That's a very good and point. and you know what? I also think he's making a lot of money. So on, on <laughs> Mr. that, Hurst, Mr. Hurst, I we're agree. on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do think like the um, the introduction of the dolphins really fun um, as like a a surprise like oh who is this Jones guy and you're expecting because you just like you you understand the the dangers of modding and like you've you've been through this at this enough at this point where you're like okay this guy's gonna be majorly screwed up like he's mm-hmm. like the navy the navy came and and like mess with his head like this guy is not going to be doing well and then it's a dolphin <laughs> and it's just like that rocks like excellent call whoever decided this was this was the move because yeah you 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 just nailed it this is this is perfect um 
I do like that the dolphin is the best hacker in the movie. That's really cool, too. Yeah, as I think he he would be. Mm -hmm. I think that's a a good thing to to think. I mean, it's extremely important to remember that dolphins are very good hackers. Well, yeah. Yeah. So it's like interesting that this is his only feature film, Robert Longo's only feature film. Is that right? Um, Okay. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, is it because this is the one movie that he wanted to make or is like making this movie uh, took it out of him? (laughs) I I think maybe both are true. Like I feel like I feel like this it seems based on the the production history that he desperately wanted to make this movie. Mm-hmm. Um but also like every sort of element of you know hearing about him talk about it like I think he feels like it wasn't the movie he wanted it to be and like I think he's a bit disappointed in it. And that's that's a tough thing. Like that's a tough that's a tough um Thing to balance. I, it's it's cool that he still has so much faith in it that he does the black and white thing. I think there's like there's absolutely something in Johnny Mnemonic that's like legitimately very good. It's a, mm-hmm. legitimately a very fun movie too. Um, but like I think if you if you look at the film and, and kind of like imagine a way that the the, the more um, colorful or coherent or like consistent elements of the movie are more kind of like thematically connected. Um, I mean, I think I think there's like a really, really, really good movie underneath a lot of the um, decisions made by the studio. Yeah. Well, I I think a lot of the bad stuff um, <laughs> makes it more makes it better makes it better for me. Okay. Um, okay. Just just because like I feel like it adds to like the level of absurdity that is so real the way that this feels so much more real than something like the matrix because like the world is incoherent and stupid and like just really dumb stuff is happening all the time while the evil stuff is happening uh, yeah that's fair I think the things that that don't work for me in the movie are the more um it's the more sort of like box checking action stuff. Like when, when, right. the, when heaven gets attacked and they're like, all right, everyone let's go. And then there's just like a bunch of like arrow shooting and people flying off. And it's like, yeah, all right. Like there's some, some of the action here is really neat. I think the, I, I know he was asked to add uh Dolph Lundgren for a, an international audience and had to invent that character. I think well, he was also for a, for a domestic audience. Cause he was for me. <laughs> He's so good. <laughs> Apparently there was a whole uh, sermon that he gave in the nude that got cut out. Um, just tragic. Because they weren't filming it. It was happening <laughs> just, just, just on set. <laughs> I, I, I know he was like annoyed that he had to add that character, but that character rocks and I'm glad he was in it. Has there um, ever been a character in any movie that's more of like a video game, like a Guilty Gear character no, just so split into a – like? Oh, there were so many times in this movie where I was just like actually surprised. And like, I feel like I'm never surprised during movies, but like the ice tea, the Henry Rollins, this whole Dolph Lundgren character, the dolphin, like, you know, like it's a very surprising and exciting movie. It is. No, you're absolutely right. Like there's a lot that happens. And then like, again, like I think the moments that really it's the moments between. So I think the moments that drag are between, um, them escaping after they've like hacked and found the facts and he talks to his friend briefly who says he's like a walking virus and he wants nothing to do with him. Um, 
between that and then getting to heaven. Like, I like the spider part. Um, but, like, a lot of the things where he's talking to the mob boss over the phone and the mob boss is using, like, a little, like, digital puppet and stuff. It's a little <laughs> boring. Like, it's a little bit like, okay, like, cut. You don't have to give me all the reasons he's going here. Like, you can, you can just, it can be hard-boiled. It can be fast. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the the beginning, the 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 chase initially, and the the ending fights are are really great. Like just and surprising and fun, and the plotting always feels very exciting and and uh, novel. Yeah, and and you get a taste of what it would be like to go into the world of tsunami. <laughs> you also, I, I think, what's also really cool is uh, you get a sense of uh, what life would be like if Dolph Lundgren was. Um, extremely religious and also a terrifying killer. Um, a very cool moment, a very cool thing. Uh, yeah, that character was incredible. I tried to screen grab and uh, I was watching it on um, uh, far less um, uh, far less prestigious uh, streaming services. I was watching it on Hulu um, and Hulu does not <laughs> let you screen grab. So uh, um, <laughs> I tried to screen grab the part where he just shows up, like, to, uh, I think, to, to kill someone. And he just goes, Jesus time. <laughs> so great. Just, it is Jesus time. It's Jesus time. It, like, it's like, he's like a, he's like a youth pastor gone wrong. Um, yeah, I'm just, like, interested in what this character is doing, like, the rest of the time before he's sent on a mission. Because, like, <laughs> as soon as he's, like, called, he has his, like, cross dagger in hand, like, at the altar. Like, he actually was in a church. Like, what was he doing at this church? He's just is, is he around. actually a pastor in his, like, off hours? I, I think I think he's, like, I think the idea is he's supposed to be, like, a transhumanist pastor. Because remember, like, when, when Ice-T is looking at him and the person's like, who's that street preacher? He's like... That guy doesn't have any more original material. Like, he doesn't have any human material in him. He's all just implants now. Like, I get the feeling he's, like, some sort of transhumanist pastor. But, like, I don't I don't think he has a congregation. I just think he yeah. has, he doesn't like, have a, a, a youth group. There's no Sunday school. He would be so good with a youth group, though. I feel so bad that he doesn't have a youth group. Yeah, a vacation Bible school. Oh, my gosh. Like, trips? He could take you out to, like the movies to see something uh, like, you know, relatively dull and then like go to Long John Silver's, but it's with him. Man, that'd be cool. Is that a church trip that you took? Uh, it's a mix of uh, where uh, someone, where we ate after I went hiking with uh, Kristen's parents' church. And then also what I assume church groups do. Uh, Quaker, Quaker, uh, our, our meeting, we basically just went to other churches that we, we didn't go to to see what they were like. Like we went to a Baptist church in the city and like, I think there was a synagogue at one point and stuff. Our, our, our field trips were not like typical. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I grew up in a weird, um, like hyper, hyper progressive church. It's. <laughs> So we're going to show you other religions if you want to try that one. <laughs> that that actually was the idea. It was like, you should you should know what all the fans are like. Yeah, we don't really have like a thing going on. So let me <laughs> let's go do some research. Do you guys, you guys, do you, if you like if you like the uh, if you like the whole like uh, thing we got going on here where 
or just chill, that's great too. But if you want some structure, <laughs> this I don't is want like just going out in the world. A big painting up in your church. It's like, if you love something, give it away. <laughs> if it comes back to you, if it doesn't come back, then it was never yours to begin with. <laughs> we did have the peaceable kingdom, which is what I think William Penn is saying to all those animals in that picture. You know what? the peaceable kingdom, right? You don't know what the peaceable kingdom looks like? Uh this is this is a moment where I realized I that know what maybe, tragic kingdom looks like. This is this is a moment where I realized that maybe the peaceable kingdom was not just in everyone's house. Or the like, peaceful kingdom. Uh, peaceable. peaceable. It's an Edward. It's an Edward Hicks painting. Uh, you'll know it. Oh when, yeah 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 yeah. It's like for those of you that are not uh, currently doing a podcast with me. Um, there is in the background. There's William Penn uh, talking to some some. Uh, uh, native people and uh, uh, a bunch of animals in the foreground and the lion is laying with the lamb and they all have giant eyes. Um, but I have to assume uh, the lion and the lamb are saying, if uh, if you love something, let it go. Uh, the, um, <laughs> we also had a board game where you got to play through major world religions. Like you'd like move your piece through <laughs> got to like start uh, a certain religions and one of them I remember very clearly was Zoroastrianism <laughs> it's like it's a really cool thing to learn about just, I just assumed this was normal for everyone uh, uh, no Long John Silver was the first red flag and then everything <laughs> after that uh... this guy's a poser <laughs> this, guy, <laughs> this guy didn't go on youth group trips <laughs> yeah you know when you're about with your youth pastor and he teaches you about the tenets of uh, Orthodox <laughs> Judaism, right? That was not what the Southern Baptist Church was like, I have to tell you. <laughs> what? <laughs> this is very surprising. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I gotta say, I really liked this movie. I, um, I found it really charming. I, all the stuff that, on reflection, I was like, oh, I, I guess I didn't really like that. Like, it is... It kind of moves to the back of your mind after you're done watching it. It's one of those ones where the things that stand out are the really, like, you know, remarkable or interesting things. I think a lot about Udo Kier. Um, I think a lot about how he died and they just, like, had two pieces of, like, goo (laughs) (laughs) sloughing off each other. Um, Very very good moment. Uh, Poor poor Udo Kier. Uh, As he says, you only cross the Yakuza once. Um, (laughs) Um, yeah, the weaponry in this, the fantastic, um, the finger laser whip, uh, wire I love, thing. I, don't know. I, I love that that like the 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 yakuza boss, the beat beat Takeshi character, is just like, huh, I see you've made your shame into an asset, <laughs> like because he had his <laughs> his thumb caught off or I guess failure. Um, he just turns it into a giant, like, fire string weapon that can cut people's heads off. It's like, yeah, I guess that, that is clever of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Something oh. that's not capable, that none of the rest of the characters are capable of having. No, it's, it's very expensive. <laughs> only, <laughs> only one guy gets to have it. That's the rule. <laughs> uh, the, um, uh, I did like his death where, like, the... Uh, Keanu reaches up and uses it against him because it's like, oh yeah, why, oh, could, why couldn't you yeah. do that? That's pretty cool. <laughs> um, it seems very dangerous to have that to try to use that because I didn't see it as like a physical. Like it seemed like it was a laser, like a you I don't know, know, like know you why. could. I, I thought it was fire, but you're probably right that it's laser. Like it, 
It's weird. It, it seemed like he could have uh, easily cut his own hand off by trying to grab it. <laughs> oh, yeah. It. It's kind of like if you made a like a very dangerous weapon out of those. Um, have you ever had to make like a straight line and you have those things that are like covered in chalk and you lift them up and snap it down and it makes a straight line for you? No. Oh, well, they're really handy. You, if you ever get into home repair, you might want them. Um, <laughs> but like it's basically making a weapon out of that. Like I always think it's like funny to have like this like very thin line covered with chalk because it's always like, oh, I hope I don't get chalk on myself. It's like, but it's a laser. Like, oh my god, this is terrifying. Uh, I think it was good. This might be a hot take. I think it's good when sometimes it's boring. Um, I just feel like it that is representative of the genre. Sometimes, like, there's large chunks of Philip K. Dick books that are just bullshit, and sometimes, like, the bullshit makes the rest of it really pop. No, that's reasonable, actually. I guess, like, I'm trying to figure out, like, how to describe what I didn't like. Because, the like, there are boring parts that I did like. Spiders talk to Keanu, like, when they're in there and he's, like, explaining the world. Yeah. Is, at its core, quite boring. Uh-huh. I liked that, though. I yeah. thought that was cool. Um, I think the parts that I'm describing as boring are the parts that feel rote. Right? Like, where it's, like, we need you- these beats to make the movie make sense. Mm-hmm. Like, I wish they didn't include all the connective tissue. Yeah. I wish they, like, they had more things, like, where, um, you know, like, it, it's kind of like the way Jane gets introduced into the into Keanu's life. Like, she just appears in the bathroom, and she's like, I'll, I'll bodyguard you. And he's like, 20,000, 50,000. She's like, now I'm your bodyguard. Like, that's how I, that's how fast I would like the pace to go. Mm-hmm. I liked that. And, like, it felt like that was more, like, an accurate telling of the story. Like, the... The parts where it was like time spent on like, you know, like, oh, will they, won't they, will they, will they fall in love or not? Oh, yeah. That felt that. like, okay, this is pointless. The parts where it's Henry Rollins saying like, I'll tell you how this is made. <laughs> that boring stuff is right up my alley. Seeing yeah. his hospital and stuff. Yes. Give me more of that. Yeah. You can either like pick the boring, um, you know, kind of like expository conversations later or you can have like the introduction that it has where it's like you know the the blade runner like you know in the year 2021 there is a big bad disease but it's like a little bit too long the coolest the coolest uh title screen ever though just like johnny mnemonic and it just explodes (laughs) (laughs) i like how they i like how they did the star wars uh crawl but they were like what if it was like a laser coming out like what if what if it was (laughs) what if every time words came across the middle of the screen it did a lens flare yeah yeah, i agree that is cool (laughs) the the black and white version is exactly the same Except for it says Johnny Mnemonic in black and white on the title screen before it explodes. <laughs> I love it. I love that so much. Um, I, I want to read the story now. I, I've never actually read Johnny Mnemonic. And apparently in the story, the focus is on Johnny's bodyguard. So I find that an interesting change. Hmm. Um, but I'm not I'm not sure what the distinction is. Um, either. There's either. No- oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, there's never a time in the movie, though, that you're allowed to lean over to your date and say, that's Johnny Mnemonic, because apparently he's just Johnny. It's true. Yeah, it's just Johnny. I think the mnemonic element is like, I, I have to assume the mnemonic element, now that I'm thinking about it, is the three images, because that's kind of a mnemonic device for unlocking. Well, mnemonic just means, like, related to memory. They, I think they... Oh, does it? That they, yeah. Oh. 
I didn't. I actually had no idea. And now that you say it, that is the most obvious thing in the world. I feel I very stupid. Like they refer to the couriers as like mnemonic couriers. Okay. Uh, like I think that they they do say the word mnemonic. They just do not call him John, Johnny. That's Johnny mnemonic. <laughs> <laughs> to me, to me, he's Johnny mnemonic. See that guy over there? That's Johnny mnemonic. <laughs> That's. I think the bartender says that at one point. He says, "Hey, you see that guy over there? He's Johnny Namah." No, they don't. They don't say that. I'm just kidding. No. Um, yeah. No. I. I also. I, I will say like about this film. Like I. I liked a lot of the interplay between the people. It reminded me in some ways of like, the the kind of anime that was coming out a little earlier than this, like Violence Jack or something, where like, the relationships between these people by and large matter not at all. Mm-hmm. Like when Keanu sees the bald guy and he's set up uh, and he's like, he's like, baldy. And he's like, the, the bald guy's like, I'm going to kill you. And that's <laughs> all we get. It's like, well, that's all we need, really. <laughs> like, Understood. Yeah. Say oh, yeah, less. It's, oh, it's that guy. <laughs> Great. Perfect. Um, yeah. No, really, really a fun movie. Um, I wish I wish it would have been done in its original cut. But I, I think. You know, unlike the unkind reviews at the time, I think it, it it does it does show out. Like it it has, you can see the the magic of the movie, even though the cut is is a little bit like plotting as a result of the at times as a result of the studio trying to make it a fairly like mainstream movie. Yeah, I, yeah. It's, I mean, I think it's great. Like, I think that you see the the core of it has great ideas. It's very uh, entertaining to watch. Like the, the mm-hmm. yeah, the 3d sequences are just like, it does look like an N64, but it wasn't responding to the N64. So um, yeah, it's who, very cool. Who inspired who it's like those who rescued who things, but for the N64 and Johnny Mnemonic, <laughs> that's how I feel about just this whole movie. Generally who rescued who between yeah. you and Johnny Mnemonic. Yeah, yeah it's true. I, I will say, I think, like, the more I think about the movie, the more I like it. Um, I, yes, I definitely think it's a movie that I'll watch again. I mean, I watched it two times in one weekend, which is a, a feat reserved only for Warcraft 2016. I think this is <laughs> the last time that I watch Warcraft or that I watch a movie twice in one weekend. The same movie was uh, when we recorded our first episode about a movie, Warcraft. Can you imagine if they did a black and white version of Warcraft 2016? <laughs> That's I want to release it and pretend like <laughs> really that was the one thing that was holding it back from being like a beloved movie was that they wanted to, I mean, it's the same issue though, that they like, they're like, Oh, we know what the people really want. We'll mm-hmm. uh, add some feet and a, and a, a human like love interest. I feel like, like this is something that has just recently with like, and I mean, in, in a lot of ways, like the a 24 thing has, and, and, you know, like Blumhouse and stuff is, it's just as bad as it is good, and like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not as uh, into film as as so many other people that like I, I probably can't speak super intelligently on this, but like I do think one of the sali or one of the more salutary things about like the the kind of like mid range autorism boom is I feel like people are finally kind of like okay, let's just let people make the movies they want to make because that seems to do very well. Mm-hmm. Like no one, no one was taking you know, um, and I, I don't. I'm, I'm not calling Jordan Poole mid range, um, but like no one was taking um, 
uh, you know, his movies and trying to like make them into something that was more salient or like more, you know, mainstream. It's just like, no, this is what the movie is. Like you're getting a horror movie about like essentially about the, 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 the terrifying power of, of, uh, of, of whiteness, uh, uh, you know, co-opting blackness and, and like everyone loved it. And I feel like at a certain point that shifted and now we, we can get movies like that. Um, you know, good and bad, of course. Uh, mm-hmm. But like in the '90s, I, I feel like that was reserved strictly for independent film. I don't or know. known quantities, Cronenbergs or Lynches or whatever. I, th- I feel like there is, um, you know, a lot more mid-budget features that you got though. Whenever they weren't relying solely on um, Marvel movies. <laughs> Oh yeah, or solely on like the the money that they were going to make back in theaters because they were going to make you know however much money back on VHSs on VHS later. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a really good point. Um, I think the the weird like the weird thing about Johnny Mnemonic is it like it, its budget was just high enough that like the baleful eye of the studio <laughs> fell upon it. If it was like a little less money, I feel like yeah, it's like just you're the one. You're gonna you're gonna <laughs> save the summer for us. Yeah, that was that's rough. That's like that's just bad luck. Um, I do need to. What something I should have done before we recorded was watch whatever trailers they had for this movie because, like, how were they, sh- you know, trying to ship this movie in a way where they thought it was going to be a summer blockbuster? I bet. Like, I well, it's, uh, one thing we can do. I can I can do this, and then I can also tell you something that I looked up earlier as well. Um, Johnny Monic tagline. Oh, that's a terrible tagline. It's mnemonic time. <laughs> that would be better. <laughs> this is uh, the future's most wanted fugitive, the hottest date on earth, in the coolest headed town. <laughs> that's um, yeah, not correct. That's awful. That's... Uh, pe- people also ask, "What is the quote I want room service?" <laughs> what like, is what the... does that mean? <laughs> what, what does that mean? <laughs> What is the theme of Johnny Mnemonic? What is the killing floor in Johnny Mnemonic? Is cyberpunk based off Johnny Mnemonic? What is a famous quote on surface? What is the famous line from Room with a View? Uh, what is a famous line on service? Everyone can be great because everyone can serve. Uh, from Johnny Mnemonic, actually. No, that's that's Martin Luther King Jr. Um, apparently, Johnny Mnemonic has nothing to do with the cyber with cyberpunk. Um, 2077. That's a shame. We learn something new every day. Wow. Apparently in the book, um, the Lotex fight an assassin on the killing floor, a sprung floor arena wired to synthesizers and amplifiers. I mean, Why ex- wasn't that in the extremely movie? frustrated that wasn't in the movie. <laughs> They just need a little bit higher budget, I guess. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think I think that would be, wow, I, I, I'm I'm a little frustrated that wasn't in the film, especially with Ice T. Um, gosh. Uh, also, I looked up the the, um, the soundtrack. This is like this is like some some real loner, uh, smoking kid, uh, hanging out with my like my troubled friends on, on like the corner by school music. This, this rocks. This is like very up my alley, uh, stabbing westward, uh, cop, shoot, cop helmet orbital. Of course, KMFDM virus 
Rollins Band, God Lives Underwater, um, Stabbing Westward. Uh, uh, there's two on here. Brad Fidel, who I don't know, so he kind of doesn't fit in. And then Bono and The Edge. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah, I remember that one. <laughs> Alex descends into hell for a bottle of milk, Karova one. So Bono and The Edge couldn't stand to make a, so- a song for this movie without referencing a clockwork orange. Um, very badly done, Bono and The Edge. Terrible. <laughs> Unimpressed. <laughs> Y'all did great. <laughs> no, no, I disagree. If you're listening right now, and I know you are. Um, well, anything we did not mention about Johnny, Man- <laughs> almost a Johnny Mnemonic, uh, Johnny Mnemonic that that you wanted to touch on. I I feel like this is such a rich film that that people should watch it, and it's short. It's not too long. It's, it's yeah, it's, it's so much fun. Like uh, ninety six minutes or something. Yeah, it's a great time. Um. I think it's uh, something that has to be seen to be believed. I'm going to watch the black and white version. I think I'm going to. It's, it's really good. I'm going to spend some time with it's it. It's just a yeah. It's just a good movie. I think it's a a movie, a, like a movie more than a film, like mm-hmm. that kind of like thing where you're like, yeah, I want to show my friends this movie. I want to eat yeah. pizza and watch this movie. Like I don't know. No, totally. I Very agree. rewatchable. Super rewatchable. Yeah, no, I, I I would have no problem watching this one again. Um, it's definitely one you'd have on VHS. Yeah. Watch, watch over dinner or whatever. Or um, ripped from a Blu-ray, turned into black and white. That also, uh, if, if your director, Robert Longo, that might be the <laughs> way you do it. <laughs> so few of us can be director Robert Longo, unfortunately. Well, that's that for that this week. Um, Liv, uh, where can people find you? Um, AV Club anywhere. Fantastic. Um, yeah. Check out the Patreon. Okay. Leave us a, a sick review on um, uh, yeah, wherever you Yeah, leave us a can. sick review. iTunes, uh, just at your local bookstore. Just like put it up on the wall if they have yeah. like, a little, a, a little uh, corkboard. Um, um, if you go to your library, they have a copy of Johnny Mnemonic. Be like, you know, I heard this great, um, you know, chat about it. On you can you can put up a thing that says like, if you liked um, this book, there's a movie about it, and there's a podcast on the movie. It'll be like a little note on it. Like sometimes they'll they'll have that. I think that would be cool. I think that would also be neat. the podcast is about video games. <laughs> <laughs> also, also, the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget um but yeah no uh like review subscribe all that stuff everywhere you can we we love to we love to get new people listening and uh yeah i mean it's 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 just fun for us but i hope it's fun for you as well um and we'll see you again very soon uh with our next thing that i i don't know what that is yet but it's going to be uh yes I'm sure it'll be we, really fun. we do know what it is and it's going to be awesome Mm. <laughs> one of us one of us always lies and one of us always tells the truth find out or next one episode one of us always remembers and one of us always forgets <laughs> who, who, who could be here talk to y'all soon bye Hey, thanks for listening to No Cartridge. If you'd like to support us further, please consider going to patreon.com slash no cartridge or for a one-time donation, paypal.me slash hegelbon, H-E-G-E-L-B-O-N. 
It's really, really helpful for all of us to be able to support uh, the many people who make the show, uh, you know, myself included, but also our producers and various co-hosts and writers and artists. Thank you so much for listening. Please remember to like, subscribe, share, any of those things that would let other people get the quality video game analysis that you've grown accustomed to.